This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, ants. We're talking about nature's most successful insects. For every human on the planet, there are a million ants. Entomologist and science writer, returning champion, Dr. Eleanor Spicer-Rice is back with us to talk about these enthusiastically social creatures. Ants work cooperatively, warn each other about danger, and rescue their injured brethren. If ants can produce functioning societies, why can't we? Plus, ants! They are nature's most successful relatives, at least in terms of generating family stories. Our Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone crew will share favorite stories of their memorable aunts. We're spreading out a picnic of conversation for you, and the ants are coming. I'm Adam Felber, the worker ant of this show, carrying the breadcrumbs of conversation through our topical tunnels, hoping to deposit them all at the anthill of coherency. And now... Please welcome the woman who is the conversational queen ant of our colony, laying topical eggs that will grow up to be a thousand ideas marching off in all directions, but mostly in search of sugar. Paula Poundstone! It's so nice to be with you, sort of, in the way that we are with one another. And I want to thank tonight's house band, Lindsay Goodman. On the flute. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah, thanks, Lindsay. Thanks, Sounds like Lindsay. You're, you're blowing right over the top of the hole. Fantastic. Yep, amazing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've had some flutists tell me recently they don't want to be called flautists anymore. They're happy with yeah. flutists or flute players. Um, also, uh, bakers don't want to use flour anymore. They they want to use uh, fleur. Fleur? So it's very similar. <laughs> similar movement. That's that Swedish flower, fleur. Yeah, and I um, just took a Paula. shore earlier so that I would be clean. Uh, yeah, people just don't want to do the ow sound anymore. Adam, wow. aren't I, we looking I, forward yes. to something? Yeah, I was, I was about to say, Stephanie Lundgren of Portland, Oregon, 
uh, won the vocabulary contest. Remember the vocabulary Yay. contest? I do, and, and I'm pro- so excited. Her prize is going to be that we're going, you and me, Paula, are going to attend a Zoom party with up to 100 of her friends. I am so looking forward to this. I'm already planning and being in speaker view the entire time. Um, <laughs> you're you know, going to be in speaker view. Yeah, I'm going to be in speaker view the entire time. Speaker view, okay. gallery view. Speaker view, gallery view. It's so confusing. You know, the good news for Stephanie, it's taken us a while to get around to picking a date um, yeah. where we could do the Zoom, the Zoom party with Stephanie, who did a fantastic job coming up with the words. The good news for Stephanie is that, I don't know about you, but in this time that's gone by, I am a much more skilled Zoom participant. Um, had we done it, I don't know, two months ago, a month ago? Um, right. The whole time, the whole time, the camera would have been looking right at my nose. But now I keep my camera at the right place. Uh, it's going to be much better. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited. <laughs> Unless the yeah, Zoom party goes horribly unless i spill dip on the host or something um then we're yeah. gonna have another contest uh and not too awfully long anyway stephanie i i'm really looking forward to the zoom party it's gonna be fun uh marty deciding what outfit i'm gonna wear and uh and i love the idea of uh meeting new friends me too i haven't picked a frock yet either but um i'll have something for the party and then we'll tell all of you our listeners how it went yeah. I hope when I make these new friends, it goes better than it's been going with my, you know, old friends. What do you mean? <laughs> well, I just don't really have that many, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm a little isolated in the world. So this is going to be like me. a big... So I'm just going to keep... I'm just going to keep having contests with the Zoom party uh, be the be the prize, just in order to build up my own social status. This is very important to me. Well... <laughs> You know, I want to just say something to you. You can rely on your old man's bunny. On the old man's bunny? <laughs> Are you sure you don't yeah. mean money? Oh, it's that song from the late 70s. You can rely yeah, rich on girl. your old man's bunny. Yeah. I'm almost certain that was money. No, it wasn't. Oh, Okay. What was the group of yeah. bunnies again? Do you guys remember? It was like a fluffery a or something. It was a a fluffle. fluffle. Oh my gosh, that's such a great term. A fluffle yeah. of bunnies. Yeah. My my dogs are in the backyard barking right now. I don't know if you can hear them, but I'm not going to jump up because they have fooled me at least three times today uh, into thinking that Brian Cranston was back there. And I am just not going to fall for that again. Oh, so now they're both in on it. Because it was just Mo, the pod puppy, but Sirius is in on it too? Sirius joins in, yeah. He, so, Sirius yeah. has a toady quality to him sometimes. He's just like, well, if Mo's doing it, I'll do it. Look, Paul, oh, so he's Mo's to... Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. No, Jesse was Jesse was <laughs> not exactly a toady. He was loyal, which is a That's characteristic right. that I, had, I admire most of the time, not from... Mitch McConnell, but in most settings, I admire that. In mo- most oh. cases, that's right. <laughs> well, why don't we uh, why don't we check in with our our loyal crew, our Jesse Pinkertons around? <laughs> um, let's head on up to the Simi Valley to where lurks Captain Crinkle, high atop her parapet on the Widow's Watch, looking out all over the Simi Valley. Bonnie Burns, how the hell are you? 
Oh, geez. I don't know. I'm getting so lonesome. <laughs> You're getting so what? I'm getting so lonesome. I've Are you? Watched. Yeah, I really have. I you know, it's just the same thing day in day out. I hate complaining. I've like watched every episode of The Fugitive and Wagon Train. And uh <laughs> Oh my god. Like I noticed on the gold medal flower bag today that it says bake before tasting. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what you're bringing us. That's that's what we've gotten to. But okay, since we're on the food theme, so here's what I'm going to confess to. Yes. So my daughter goes out and she buys like you know, a dozen, which is really 13 bagels, okay? So we put it like in the two bags, and my bag has six or whatever. So pretty soon, like after a day or so, my bag has four, whatever. So one night I ate two before I went to bed. And, okay, okay. I didn't feel that good the next morning. So no. yeah. I'm like saying to you, I say to her, that's a really bad idea. I mean, I had a hard time sleeping. I woke up, I didn't feel well. So last night, I ended up eating three. And can Wait, I what? just tell you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it doesn't start out like that. It starts out with one. And then well, like, yeah. after a little no, while, I'll... it's like Paula with the uh, Pop-Tarts. I'll bet you it's even worse than that. I'll bet you you start out not with one. But I'll bet you cut the first one in half, and you just have half, and then you go back for the second half. You know how people like to do that with any kind of baked goods? They like to cut it in half and tell themselves they're not really eating it, and then they go back for the second half. I thought it was just me, and I put peanut butter on it, and I thought, you know what? I'm not that hungry. Okay. Yeah. I'm not that hungry. So here, this could be a meal. I haven't really eaten all day. And here we go. I'm fine. And then you're right. I cut another one. I knew she did that. In half, I knew she cut and it then in, in half. quarters. And then pretty soon, it you know, it just kind of okay. Well, why not? Sure. Okay. So is this funny? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Here's the thing. I mean. It's a big world, and there's all kinds of medical experts everywhere, and none of them think eating three bagels after 10 o'clock at night is a great idea. Uh, what can I tell you? It depends on what it depends on what time zone. That's not true. Um, Bonnie, um, <laughs> no, this, the thing about the story that I don't understand is how you had two one night. Isn't that what you said? You had two one night? And then you felt and not good the next good day. After. I didn't right. feel well. And then and you even commented on it and you sort of processed it mentally. It's a bad idea. <laughs> and then the next night you had three. So that's it what I'm what I'm troubled by. You're not a you're not a fast lesson learner. You're you're like oh, my well. cats. Well you know, when I walk Paula, the lesson that she could have gotten was maybe I don't didn't feel well because I didn't have enough. Oh yeah, that's oh. what it is. <laughs> Two will mess you up. Three? Three is, three is perfect. <laughs> They're selling them now in a box of a dozen um, labeled, it's enough for four nights. 
Well, I think but, part of the problem is, like, if you haven't eaten all day, if I haven't eaten all day, then I'm like, okay, well, this only has 300 calories. Okay, well, then I could have 300 more. Okay, well, then I could have 400 more. And then... Why do you, why you, know, do you bother counting... Why do you bother <laughs> counting calories when you're going to have three or four of them? I mean, at a certain point, you just say to yourself, well, I know this isn't good for me, but you don't bother doing the math. Um, and by the way, and this is going to sound crazy, and forgive me, for being so wild, but why don't you eat earlier in the day? What? Because I get, right, because I get all worked up, like, you know, what is it? You're like tense because you're under pressure, and I can't eat anything. I just feed off a coffee. And Mm. please, nobody, don't write in about how bad that is for me. I already know that. Mm -hmm. Why? How many calories are in that coffee? Probably, and it has sugar in it. Mm. <laughs> What's so right. funny about we're, that? Well, we're just painting a picture where Paula <laughs> subsists on raisin toast and Doritos and candy, and you subsist on coffee and late night bagel binges. And it's just, it, all of this could be a little healthier is all I have to say. Okay. <laughs> no, I just want to point out that I start in with my chips and diet soda much earlier. <laughs> right. Oh yes, that that's why I'm the healthier of the two of us. <laughs> yeah, you drink you drink 14 cans of diet soda a day. No, I drink the beverage inside of it. <laughs> well, that's a that's a good point. And what I'm going to do here is I'm going to as we leave Captain Crinkle's house merrily crackling in the background. <laughs> Um, let's go down to Sherman Oaks to the spacious and well-appointed new apartment of Tony Anita Hall. How are you, Tony? Good. You know, while while Bonnie was talking, I googled what bagels do to your body. Oh, <laughs> how bad is I bet it? They're healthy. It says. Um, Toby Amador, who is an award-winning nutrition expert, said. Portion control when eating bagels. Think of going for for a mini bagel or only eating half of a regular size one can help make it a healthier option. Well, that was good. She only did eat half and then another half and then a quarter and another half. Yeah. No, she had she had um she had six healthy por- small portions. Yeah. In a row. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, that ex- and then the the main thing you should do when eating a yummy bagel is watch the frequency of intake, portion size, and the choice of toppings. That was all oh, the choice of <laughs> toppings. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think we've already established it wasn't particularly healthy. Now, Tony, what's new with you besides googling while Bonnie's talking? Um. So I. It is. I. I am compulsive Googler. I've realized uh-huh. that. Yeah. <laughs> Tony has a Googling problem. There's no question. A Googling problem. Um, Tony goes to Googlers Anonymous. Because I also Googled wagon train or whatever. I didn't know what it was. Um, I'm not surprised at all. What'd they say? Uh, 
Nobody. <laughs> I just, okay, you're right. Never mind. I shouldn't that's, ask that. That's one addict enabling another. Go on. Go okay, this. you're right. So um, producer Land Romo and I were just texting about this. So Royal Caribbean is looking for volunteers to go on a test cruise. <laughs> I read about that. Oh, my God. You're not thinking about it, are you, Tony? I applied. I don't oh, know how Oh, my God, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, uh, you guys, if anybody wants to apply, go to PoseidonAdventure.com, and that's where... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, and, I couldn't and you resist. Can, you can specifically ask for the Roddy McDowell room. Go ahead. <laughs> Or the Shelly Winters room, if you want a little more space. <laughs> so, so Tony, you, this is a free cruise, though, if you get chosen, right? Yeah. And again, <laughs> to clarify, to in, case, in case we didn't catch that, this is a free cruise because Carnival Cruise Lines or Princess or whoever they are want to find out if people can still take cruises and live. <laughs> yeah. So the... The cruise is free. What about the cremation? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a very important question. You should look into yeah, that before you get on. The final your Zoom funeral and shit like that. Will that all be free? I I don't Tony, I don't understand your obsession with the cruise thing. You went on a cruise uh, like a year ago and you said you didn't like it that much. And the next thing I know, once, you know, once they were like death machines, uh, you know, you're like, "Oh, I'm trying to get on another cruise." And oh, now I'm getting on a test cruise and now I'm getting on a test cruise with placebo. Uh, I I don't understand it. I don't know. I've no answers for you. You know how they'll often have like performers on a cruise? On this COVID test cruise, um, instead of having performers, they're going to have a therapist that speaks at the club every night. <laughs> yeah. Ask yourself what choices you made in your life to bring you into this dining room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's try to feel better about ourselves in the future so that we don't get on death cruises. Hmm? <laughs> You know. <laughs> and then two, three, four, kiss the day goodbye. <laughs> A combination lounge singer therapist. <laughs> A combination lounge do. lounge singer therapist would be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I'm you just really- I don't know if I'll get chosen. I just put my hat into the ring. It's clearly <laughs> It's a, it's a cruise for kind of, you know, people with at least a slight death wish. It's, it's, not, yeah. a, it's not a mentally healthy cruise. <laughs> just, just so you know, Tony, try to picture the other people that are going to be on there. Is it really going to be people that you want to hang out with? <laughs> It's it's gonna be Christopher Walken from Annie Hall will be on there. Yeah. 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 Sometimes at night, I look over the edge of the boat and I just think, maybe I should just jump <laughs> and take a few people with me. Yeah, and then he'll, and then he'll turn to Tony and say, "Cough in my mouth, 
Cough in my mouth. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> you know, I asked the nobodies if anyone would go with me, and not many people accepted. I would. Nobodies, don't you dare. That's a terrible yeah. idea. Oh, you know don't what? Don't enable our just, Tony. I was just Googling while you were talking, Tony, and um, apparently Chris, Christopher Walken from Annie Hall is going to be the captain on that ship. So that should be good. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's the one you want behind the helm for that, for sure. Um, you know, Paula, let's let's segue away from uh, uh, our, 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 our despondent and suicidal merry cast of characters. And... Um, <laughs> You know, I think that one of the things that we we sort of promise our listeners is that, um, you know, during these difficult times that by listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, you know, they could be lifted up a little bit. Um, and I'm not sure we've met that threshold. No. With talking to Death Wish Tony. Um, no, no, no. We 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 segued from the from from the depressed binge eater in the Simi Valley to to to, to the. To bug chaser Tony Anita Hall. <laughs> so I think it's You're time welcome, for a word, listeners. Adam. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was trying to yeah. say. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I I hate the idea that Tony would take a nobody with her on the on the free death cruise, and they'll probably handcuff themselves to each other too. Um, oh my God. What's the word? All right, for? Adam. This week's word is Putinesca. It's a Putinesca. noun. Putinesca. It's a noun that means pasta sauce made with tomatoes, garlic, olives, anchovies, etc. Um, but what I love about the word is that it's said to have been devised by prostitutes as a recipe which could be cooked quickly between clients' visits. I love that. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. That putinesca was delicious. However, did you come up with the recipe? Um, I say we throw it in uh, to, with the rest of the vocabulary song ingredients. Hold on here. I gotta get my. Mm. Hold on, I'm coming. Uh, here we go. Here we go. This week's word is putinesca. It's a noun that means pasta sauce made with tomatoes, garlic, olives, anchovies, etc. Said to have been devised by prostitutes as one which could quickly be cooked uh, between clients' visits. Quick, make the sauce and get back to the toss. That's putinesca. Last week's <laughs> word was perdurable. It's an adjective that means enduring continuously, permanent. The cat's peed in the heating vent. The week before that, the word was piety. It's a noun that means a conventional belief that is accepted without thinking. Just keep your tiny blood of Christ glasses clinking. Going back before that, the word was specious. It's an adjective that means seemingly reasonable or plausible, but actually wrong. I remember words because I put them in this song. And not long ago, we had simulacrum. It's a noun. Its second meaning is unsatisfactory copy or substitute. I want a cookie, not a fruit. Let's never forget gallimaufry, which I pronounced wrong until nobody, James Heider, corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge. 
Who's Podge? Hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, replicable, replicable. But I do, I do, I do, I do. Oh, boy. Boy, that was a good one. Putinesca. Putinesca. Great word. word. Not to be confused with putting on the Ritz. It's not like the other words where you might, you know, use them a lot, you know, where you're really expanding your vocabulary, uh, you know. But it's good to know. It's good to it know. It is. And you you don't want to confuse it with Putin-esque, which is to be like Vladimir Putin. Oh, oh, Jesus. No. No, not at all. Very different words. Yeah. All right. Lewis Thomas wrote, ants are so much like human beings as to be an embarrassment. They farm fungi, raise aphids as livestock, launch armies into war, use chemical sprays to alarm and confuse enemies. They do everything but watch television. Coming up, we learn more about the amazing world of ants on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Adam. Yes. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And the sixth one has start a podcast. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally checked learn a language off your list with Babbel. 
Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. Don't do it. Or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And Paula, I got to say, I really appreciate the whole like getting phrases that are important to know in that language right away, like how to order food, how to ask for directions, how to speak to merchants. And I really dig more than that, the speech recognition technology, because even if some of our listeners think that I have a weird cadence when I am attempting to speak Spanish, (laughs) I am am speaking it well enough for the Babbel app to understand what I'm saying, at least when I do it right, like this. Listen to this. Adios, Carlos. Ya te vas. Si, es tarde. Entonces, buenas noches. Hasta pronto. I don't think you have a weird cadence. I think it sounds great. Thank you. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Yikes. And their football team is fantastic. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Is there some kind of special? Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription. Wow. But only for our listeners at babbel.com slash nobody. If I'm not mistaken, Paula, that is 55% off at babbel.com slash nobody. The one spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. And then you just add a slash and the word nobody. And it's 55% off? Yeah. Wow. Rules and restrictions may apply. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Adios. On this day in unremarkable history, P.T. Barnum said, you can probably triple that in the red states. Thank you, house band Lindsey Goodman. That is f- some fluterific stuff there. Hey, Paula, we had a great time with uh, entomologist Dr. Eleanor Spicer-Rice. Remember her when she was I on the do. show talking about spiders? She said that you're never more than four feet away from a spider. And That's that right. night when we stopped recording, I ran like hell for miles and miles and miles. And I was still four feet away from a spider. Wow. Yeah. Is that because you had it on a leash? I haven't. No, it's a different spider. <laughs> I, have, oh. I have not slept well since that conversation. But this time... This time? Well, we, we told her when she was on that we wanted to have her back because not only has she uh, written a book about spiders, but she's also written a book about ants. And we're interested in ants. She's back. She has a new book coming out this spring, Ants, Workers of the World. It's an art book featuring the amazing photography of Edward Florenaiga, which brings us incredibly close to these astounding insects. Dr. Rice frames the book with descriptions of the life cycle of ants and explains how each species is adapted to its way of life. Please welcome returning champion, Dr. Eleanor Spicer Rice. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thanks, y'all. I'm so happy to be back here. Well, thank you so much for being back with us. All right. So, Eleanor, when my kids were little, we had a few ant farms, and I could never keep the ants alive very long on the farm, and yet I couldn't kill the ants in the kitchen. What is the lifespan of an ant? Well, so the reason, do you want to know about your ant farm first? Because there's a reason why you can't keep them alive. Oh, no. When you get ant farms, they don't send you queens. And so the farm can only live as long as the workers live. And workers don't live very long because they need queens to keep making more more, um, ants. So another thing about this is when you ask about lifespan of an ant, we always think about it in terms of the lifespan of the queens because workers only live a few weeks to a couple of years maybe. But queens can live a long, long time, Um, like up to 35 years for some. What? Wow. So the so the workers just, yes. uh, what did you say, a few weeks? Is that what you said? A, a few weeks to a few years. It depends on the species. So there's, as we know, about 10,000 species of ants on, in Jesus. the world. But That's a lot. they're probably a lot more than that. And in North America, we have more than 1,000. And if you think about that, I mean, just think about like a human is a species. Uh, your pet dog is a species. So think about how many different species you can name off the top of your head. And then think about how different that is with a thousand species of ants in North America. And they're completely different species. They can't interbreed. They're just different species. And they look different. Like if you actually take a minute to look at an ant, you can see how very different they are. Some of them have very long, beautiful mandibles and some of them are real fat and some of them look like turtles and some of them are real big. So they all look very different and they're all doing really different things in the environment. Now, this is fascinating, but I got to tell you, um, just full disclosure, remember how creeped out Paula was uh, (laughs) while we talked about spiders? Yes, I do. I can find scientific interest in this, but I'm that way with ants. But why? Yeah, well, I, think I, I can trace it back to one childhood trauma. This is not mysterious to me. I remember being seven or eight years old and going downstairs with my breakfast to eat cartoons one morning. And in the darkened hallway, I saw a puddle and I sighed and got myself a paper towel because somebody had clearly spilled something. And I turned on the light and it wasn't a puddle at all. It was a giant pool of ants surrounding an apple core that somebody had dropped on the tiles. Oh. They were helping you. They yeah. were. I lie. Well, I helped them. I I lost my mind, grabbed a sneaker, and and <laughs> went into a murderous rage. Um, <laughs> oh, so sad. Uh, your first instinct yeah. when you saw this like wonderful gathering in your house. Your first instinct was to go ahead and just break that party up. You were well, thinking. First instinct hmm, was what to, are was they to... doing there? No, I knew what they were doing there. They were grabbing <laughs> bits of apple to go take back to wherever their uh, hive was. Right. Yeah. yeah, they were. Boy, I'll, I'll bet that that ant restaurant got really shitty reviews after that. <laughs> <laughs> Worst Yelp review ever. Yeah, they have a really great apple dish. Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Come for the apple. Stay because you've been squashed by a sneaker. <laughs> so, uh. Wow. All right. So a thousand species, they all look different. I, I don't, I, you know, I could, I don't know how many I could identify. Um, but in, when I was growing up in Massachusetts, we had uh, carpenter ants, which are oh, yeah. a, a pretty good size. And I can tell you this about a carpenter ant. Um, 
after about the tenth time you try to shove it through the boards on the porch, um, <laughs> it'll bite you. Oh yeah, but it won't yeah. sting you. That would just give you a little pinch. They're yeah. big and friendly. And I'll tell you something else about carpenter ants. People think that they're pests because they find them in their house, but really they're the canaries in the coal mine because they really? like to live in real damp wood. So people find carpenter ants in their house and they're like, oh, I have an ant infestation. I have to kill them all. But really what they should be doing is looking for the place that where they've gotten a drip from their sink or somewhere, a leak in their plumbing, because they are the indicators that you've got a structural problem. Oh, they, wow. They won't come into a healthy house. They only come into places that need help. How do they feel about apples? Look, I'm not going to tell you because I'm scared that they'll, I'm scared that you'll do something to them. Oh, really? come on. That was years ago. I've gotten over it. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. But they never had a chance to get over it, Adam. Well, um, they only had a couple of weeks left anyway. Come on. Oh, well, that's true. They didn't have long to live. <laughs> so there's a great joke in Breaking Bad, referencing how much ants can carry. Uh, and I watch Breaking Bad over and over again many times every night. Um, <laughs> how much can an ant carry? Okay, so that also depends on the species, right? So the common field ant that you see running around has a neck joint that can carry 5,000 times its weight. Or oh my um, God. they're really strong, right? But they're also just ants, so they're very tiny. So if you put it on a human scale, for example, there's um, fire ants. We have fire ants here in North Carolina, and they build these big um, mounds and stuff. And when they do their rafting behavior, the strength between their two their toes holding onto each other um, is like would be like you or me going and climbing to the top of a building and dangling 24 Volkswagen Beetles off of two of our fingers. It's super wow. duper strong. Wow. Wait, when you, um, said, you said when they do their rafting behavior, is that what you said? Rafting like oh, an inflatable yeah. device? So, yeah, so fire ants, um, red imported fire ants, we have them on this side of the coast. I don't know if y'all don't have them yet, I don't think. Y'all have those big mounds with these ants that will sting you and Cause no. you to have pustules. I don't think we have them here yet, but, but they were new to the east back a while. Aren't they an invasive they species were. or something? They were. They're invasive. They came up from cent Central and South America, and they basically walked their way up through the fifth since the fifties. Like they weren't in North Carolina when I was little, but now they're here and they're moving oh, wow. across. But they make these huge mounds, and the, what they do is they they not anymore the though. Not anymore. There's a wall. Oh yeah, the There's border a wall. wall. Thank goodness. So they're yeah, not the going to be never able to. Gonna, yeah. They'll never figure that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think we're we're good to go. You're there. right. Oh, You're right. right. Thank goodness. All right. So there I started in interrupt. the little area. Um, but anyway, so what they do is when it rains. So they're really big jerks here. They wipe out all the native these native species, and they also like people die from getting stung by them because some people are allergic to them. All that, <sighs> and <sighs> so. Then you think, well, we have a lot of hurricanes here, so there are a lot of floods, so we'll be fine, right? But they evolved in floodplains. So when a flood comes, what they do is they link their little toes together and form a raft. And um, they pile their whole colony on top of the raft, and they just float along the water. And they can float that way for months. They can have their babies there. They capture drowning insects and eat them. They have wow. total like life floating on these rafts. And the rafts can be really huge. Wow. It's like the cruise that Tony wants to go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but who's going to be on the bottom? 
like well probably tony if she has her way uh it's not it it doesn't come from a good place her wanting to do this cruise thing all right i'm sorry to interrupt okay so that's amazing so they form these rafts yeah these living rafts and they can live they can live like that for and we've they've studied them and they move like a, a a living liquid the way they move so they can break up like a liquid does when it like reaches an object and it goes around an object and then comes back together on the other side and they just float around like that until the waters recede and then when the waters recede they just move back in and dig a big old mound and go crazy again okay how do they procreate so that also depends on the species, but uh-huh. usually what happens. So one thing about ants is the queen um, is the only one usually who can mate and have babies. Um, uh-huh. All mm-hmm. of her babies that you see that look like ants are females. They're sterile female workers. They are not males. Um, and what happens with the queen usually is that um, oh, also ants have what they call complete metamorphosis. So a baby ant looks like a grub. It's kind of like what butterflies go through. You know, they have the caterpillar right. and the chrysalis. So ants do that. They look like grubs and then they pupate and then they come out as ants. So every ant you see is a full grown ant. And if somebody says, I saw a baby ant the other day. You just saw a really, really small ant. But oh. um, so what they do is they... Um, these queens emerge and they have wings and they fly out one day or a year all at once and ants from other colonies will fly out too and it's usually after a rain when the water when the ground is real soft so they can dig their nest and they'll mate these these virgin queens fly out and mate and they can mate up to 12 times and they store that all the sperm in a little sack in her abdomen and then she digs a hole and then that's the last time she ever leaves um but in between the 12 matings she makes a sauce. Is that correct? A tomato sauce, a, a puttanesca. <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite likely. Yeah. So, yeah, so wait, did you definitely. say that's the last time she ever leaves? So, so these queens, though they can live thirty-five years, only mate the once. Yeah, they mate one time, and then they store that. That's all the sperm that they'll have for the rest of their lives, and then they can decide whether to fertilize their eggs or not. And if they fertilize an egg, then they'll have a worker. And if they don't fertilize an egg, then they'll have a male. Wow. So that's how they decide if they're going to have wow. males or females. And the males don't really do anything. And a lot of times we don't even know what the males of certain species look like because they don't look like ants at all. A lot of times they look like wasps. Like the ants I studied were these black ants and the males were these weird little orange looking wasp things. And so, um, yes. So the males, all they do is make. And then sometimes they try to go back home afterwards and their sisters are like, go away or they eat them. But that's their only job. They can't even feed themselves. Oh, my God. This is so much like human beings. Um, (laughs) I knew that was coming, Paula. (laughs) Low-hanging fruit there, Poundstone. Uh, (laughs) That's what happens. And the queen's wings fall off, and then they turn and they start making their little colony. She's called a foundress, the first queen. She lays her eggs, and she feeds her first babies, and then they come out, and then they feed each other. And ants have different jobs as they get older their brains change so when they're first born they are nursery they work in the nursery and they feed their sisters uh, their baby sisters and then they start to clean the nest a little bit and then as they're um 
areas of the brain that involve memory grow big enough, then they're able to leave the nest and their last job is to be a forager and go out and get food for everybody. That's cool. Wow. And and that's where I met them. That's where you met them. They had finally their oh, little yeah, brain bodies have gotten big enough and they that oh. was some of their first day out and they were like, This is the greatest day of my life. There's an apple here. Really? Oh an boy. Apple. Yeah. Look out for that shoe. Um, mm-hmm. Adam, it, it, on this historic day, why don't we take yeah. a break and come back? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. You know, per- <laughs> perhaps the world's leading scholar of ants, E.O. Wilson, wrote, One difference between ants and humans is that while ants send their old women off to war, humans send their young men. Stay tuned to find out more about the lives of the most numerous creatures on Earth. <laughs> The Cat of the Week is Beatrice from Glendale, California. Hey guys, it's Adam, and tonight is January 3rd, and I am picking Giannis Antetokounmpo to score less than 36 points and James Harden to score more than 16. Why? Because I like beards. Am I putting a lot of money on this? I am not, because I'm not really a gambler, but I am having a lot of fun with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, who I would lose to, you pick more or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in, or in my case, not. So I don't bet a lot. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo of three points made, plus receptions. Do I get that? Kind of a little bit. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. So, it's like an insurance policy. Go to prizepix.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's prizepix.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. And then drop by and see how I did with the Greek freak and Harden again on January 3rd. My hopes are not that high. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy ebay motors is here for the ride with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply and we're back with Dr. Eleanor Spicer Rice. Paula, next question. All right. Um, when I was a kid, and I guess this is sort of like Adam's apple. Hey, 
Um, hey. When when I was a kid eating a popsicle outside, invariably a little bit of popsicle, you know, when you get down to the part where the two sticks end up separating, a little bit of popsicle would fall on the ground. And minutes later, there would be, a, a, you know, a huge line of ants covering that little teeny bit of popsicle. How do they find it that quickly? And do they know when the ice cream truck is coming? <laughs> I'm really glad that you asked this question because remember how we talked about how there was, you're no more than four feet from a spider. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we are outnumbered on our planet by the most conservative estimates by um, 10,000 to one by ants. There are more (laughs) ants on. (laughs) Sorry. But Adam, this is useful for you because they're yeah. your helpers. They're your friends. But there are more ants on your block than there are likely people in your in your city. And so they're they're uh-huh. always trolling around looking for food, right? And so when one of them finds something, so they're always out. So they find it really fast, which is something that's really cool to watch because you, that's one way we find out who's living around us. But um, they what they do is they take a little sip of your popsicle, right? Mm-hmm. And then they start running back to the nest and mm-hmm. every sister, they keep it. They have two stomachs. They have a stomach where they digest food and mm-hmm. then they have a stomach up top called a crop. And that's like a backpack inside their, inside their bodies. And what they do is every time they see their sisters on the way back, they, they're laying a trail the whole time. They're dragging their little bottoms on the ground, right? Laying a trail from your popsicle to their nest. But if they meet a sister, they'll throw up in her mouth. And then the sister uh. will be like, Oh, that's great. And she'll follow the trail to the popsicle. And so the trail gets stronger and stronger and stronger, this chemical trail. And so it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then they're able to all converge on your popsicle and eat it really quickly. Wow. And- now, is that why they, is that why I've received advice on occasion? Like if you have ants coming into your house, just wherever they're coming in, advice is things like find a, a nice peppermint spray. And they won't come in anymore. Yeah, they don't. They're not crazy about peppermint spray. Oh, really? Or uh, aromatic cedar. Or what? Uh-huh. Yeah, Wait, but but they will come in. What was the in, second? Like an aromatic cedar spray. Aromatic cedar spray? Well, the smell of cedar. They oh, don't like I cedar. I didn't know that. Yeah, roaches don't like cedar. Yeah, but but it, it dissipates so quickly, right? It's just a smell. It's like putting perfume on the ground. So it will make them irritated for a little bit but your best bet is to just do things in your house that ants don't like like find out where they're coming in and seal it up where they're or coming in, in. in interpretive don't dance as well out. right yeah interpretive dance if it's you i mean paula's and, might be and uh, well feeling <laughs> um i don't know uh a heavy metal a- ants, heavy metal. ants have very good taste and they just mm-hmm. Do not enjoy, you know, ACDC kind of stuff. Um, oh, yeah, because I was always, great. I was always told, oh, please. I was always told that um, chalk, and so I actually tried it at one point in my kitchen, you know, that you make chalk lines and they mm-hmm. won't cross the chalk lines. Um, mm-hmm. I was told right. that. However, the ants were not told that. Um, no. So they just. <laughs> they just go on over. Yeah, so they seem to really enjoy making more visible footprints on the other side of the ant line. Yeah. They like to put their little feet in it and then and then make make little footprints. They didn't care at well, all. You're kind of cute the if you think about it, because they're so little. But you know <laughs> what you could do. What they don't like is is vinegar. 
So you could spray oh. vinegar and actually that will kill them too. Um, oh. Or your household cleaners will kill them right on the spot right away. Oh, I didn't um, know that. You don't want to kill a lot of ant species in your yard because they are doing so many good things for our environment. So if, if we killed all the ants all around us, the world as we know it would stop. They, they, are, they are running the world around us. Ants what? are extremely important. What I do mean, they do? If you think, well, they turn more soil than earthworms in places. They, they plant seeds. They, they completely shape forests in the way that they plant seeds. We have these ants called winnow ants, and you do too. And if you remove them from the forest, the wildflower and herbaceous plant um, diversity and abundance decreases by 50%. Because wow. And that's the foundation for how everything gets structured from the beginning. They repair the land um, after disasters. So like when these wildfires are happening in California, some of the first responders after the disaster from an environmental ecological perspective are ants. They're the mm -hmm. ones that come and they start turning the soil. They start planting the seeds. They start making everything come together and they work at every single level of the food chain. So you know, it's easy for us to think about like what would happen to coyotes if we killed all the rabbits, right? Because they wouldn't have anything to eat, rabbits and birds or whatever. So ants are like the coyotes and the rabbits and the, you know, birds and the grass. They, they work at every single level of the food chain. And so that's one of the reasons they're really successful as a group. But it's also one of the reasons they're so important to, to us and to our own survival as, as a species. Because they make so when you take some ants away, these invasive species come in and they completely wipe out all of these things. And there's a cascading effect throughout our ecosystems when we hurt our ants. I I don't want to hurt our ants now that we've I had do. this little chat. I don't well, want to hurt our ants. Um, don't hurt them, but you can keep them out of your house. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I want to run a scenario by you, Doctor. Uh, here's a scenario. It's the middle of the night. It's 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 twelve thirty, and okay. Bonnie Burns goes down to her kitchen for a bagel. She <laughs> left it out on the counter. When she gets to it, there are ants on it. Now we heard from somebody who told us a little bit about flies about a year ago. That like he wouldn't eat anything that a fly was on because of where flies are before they land on your stuff. Yeah, they're like How, factories. Exactly. Now what mm. about ants? Can Bonnie just brush those ants off her bagel and eat? Brush them off and eat it. You could have eaten that apple, Adam. I don't mean to keep coming back to this, but it's it pretty sad story. That apple, that apple been out but all night. You, you, yes, because ants are not like flies. So flies have evolved these this like microbiome that allows them to live in filth, right? And they mm. are covered in in dookie and dead animals all the time. The, yeah. Lots of flies, not all flies, but ants have evolved to be super clean machines. So they are not dirty at all. They cannot make you sick. I mean, they can if they sting you, but they can't if, um, and the ones that are in your kitchen aren't going to sting you. So eat it. I say eat the bagel. Brush the ants oh, off. Oh, the bagel. They're yeah. not dirty. They're super clean. Eat the cake, anime. What if Bonnie's <laughs> go reaching for the bagel and um, it's not the bagel. There are ants on her hands. Mm -hmm. Don't that, even wash your hand. Just brush what? it off and keep on going. They okay. can't, they are not dirty. They have, they have to be clean. They are these super functional org organism. They can't bring illnesses into their colonies. Um, and so, because if an ant gets sick, she can make everybody sick. They're like people. In fact, some people study ants to see how diseases spread through human populations because they, they move around and talk 
you know, to each other in, in a colony type fashion like humans do. And I didn't know they areas. had cruise ships, though. They did. They yes. I'm thinking of running for president, so I just want to ask you this. Could you just inject some ants just under the skin and they keep you <laughs> And have them running around in your veins to yeah, keep you safe. And they keep you safe. <laughs> and, and could you look into that? Could you just look yeah, into I'm that? I'm gonna look into that. I'm um, make I'm so making a note of it right now. Thank you. Why do ants mm-hmm. use hills? Isn't that a giveaway for, for those who would eat them? <laughs> well, it can be a giveaway, but what they are doing it's not really what the hill is, it's what's under the hill. So the hill is just a sign of all the dirt that they pushed out to make their house. Oh. So it could blow away because their house is usually underneath it. Now, not the fire ants we were talking about earlier. They live in the hills and they don't care because they will sting the crap out of you if you oh, poke at them. But, yeah, um, but most ants are just down under the ground. Huh. Now, what about, oh, I was just going to ask you something and it fell, fell out of my head. Oh, when you mentioned the tunnels underneath, um, aren't there ants that have different rooms for different activities, like a mansion? Ants? Yes. Oh, yeah. All, most ants have different rooms for different activities, just like we were talking about how they were really clean and they have different jobs. Mm-hmm. So they, the queen has her own chamber and she's in there laying eggs. And then they have a nursery where they ra- rear, you know, the the babies into adulthood. And then they have a place where they store food sometimes. And then they have like a graveyard outside of the nest and they have a trash pile outside of the nest. And they take, oh. even if you're sort of sick um, or they've painted ants with the sick smell and the, they're even though they're totally healthy, their sisters will pick them up and throw them in the graveyard. Whoa. Huh. Because they can't wow. see. They just, they operate on smell. I know so some families where that people. kind of happens. <laughs> they just I go ahead and get rid of recycling ants. I'm not dead um, yet. There, yeah. But I'm not dead. Is there, <laughs> um, wh- uh, let's see, I could swear I had a book about ants once and it said that some ants have a music room. Is that right? Oh, well, sure. Yes, of course. Don't everybody have a music room, right? These days? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Now you're being no. humored. Um, no, let, let, let me- <laughs> I, no, I really did see that. I, I was what? really asking that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's, was- it sounds like, sounds like the answer is no. Uh, they, they can't, can't hear. They can't oh, hear, can't, they All right, can't well, they don't know well. whether they're playing well or not, but somebody yeah. might be hearing. Maybe another species. <laughs> they might be. Maybe the roaches are saying, I wish those fucking ants would stop all that music. Maybe Let's they just it do it to bother other insects that can hear. I could swear it's, I heard there was a music room. It's possible, right. Paula. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm, it I is know. possible. No, no, you're not. the expert. I'm just a person. <laughs> That's um, right. Who remembers a book, kind of. All right. So here's the thing. <laughs> so it's a Thursday morning, and uh, you know some of those ant nurses go into the queen's chamber to pick up some of those newborn ants, or you know to to carry them off to the nursery. And they discover on this particular Thursday morning, the queen is dead. What happens yes. next? So then they just kind of um, peter out and die. But some All ants have more than one queen. So wow. do they behave differently, or do they just keep behaving as though the queen's alive until they're dead? Now, with bees, when the queen is dead, they do behave differently. They get really, really irritable, and they can't lay girl bees because they never had sex, but they can lay unfertilized eggs, and they say they start laying a bunch of drones. But with ants, they just kind of keep on going until they die. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad there can't be a cruise in there first. Well, (laughs) if you're a fire ant. Yeah, right, the floating ones. Um, Yeah. But they need that queen. Well, 
This has been so interesting. Um, is there another bug you can come back and talk to us about sometime? I can talk about any bugs with you. It would be my pleasure to talk about. Really? We're going to have you back yes. again then. We're definitely going to have you back. You are just a Please. pleasure. And and Eleanor, thanks for giving us these huge insights into the lives of these tiny creatures. Um, we're going to take that information right now and run it through the old Pounstonator. Paula? Lindsay, thanks so much for being here tonight with your flute. If I could get a little background music, I'll tell you what the Pounstonator spit out. Here it is. I've written a play about two ants. When we can gather in groups again, it will no doubt be one of the shows that brings Broadway back, which I look forward to, which is one of the reasons I wear my mask. Here, I'll read a scene. Two ants float on the water, gripping each other among a raft of other ants. We are focused on these two ants. Ant two. Hey, what do you think about people? Ant one, who? Ant two, you know, humans. Ant one, oh, they're stupid. They don't work together and they're weak as shit. (laughs) Ant two, really? (laughs) Ant one, yeah, really. They can't even hang a Volkswagen Beetle off the side of a building with their toes. Ant two, Jesus. Ant one, I hate this fucking water. Why are we always on the bottom? Ant two. Stop complaining. It's good to be on the bottom. We're like in below deck. You can be Eddie Lucas. Ant one. (laughs) I I don't want to be Eddie Lucas. He was kind of an ass in that one season. My body is going to wrinkle from all this water. No other ant will ever be attracted to me. Ant two. Yeah, don't worry so much about that. Look, the water will recede soon, and we'll get to work on a nice tunnel. Ant one. That'll be good. I can't wait to build our new place. We could have a music room and just sit back each night and listen to some sweet ant music. Ant 2. About that music room. I've seen the blueprint. There's no music room. We got a trash room, a food room, a nursery, and a burial room, but there's no music room. Ant 1. What? I knew some ants who had a music room once. Ant 2. In your dreams. Ant 1. Oh my gosh, a bit of dead fish. I think I can reach it. This is gonna taste great. Oh, should I wash my hands? Ant two, no need to, we're very clean. Ant one, how long we've been rafting out here? Ant two, a few weeks. Ant one, how can you say it like that? A few weeks. There's so much more I wanna do with my life. Ant two, I wouldn't worry so much about that either. And wet curtain. <laughs> Her new book, Ants, Workers of the World, is out this spring, and you're a new regular here representing the insect kingdom, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Eleanor Spicer Rice, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I had a great time, y'all. Thank you so oh, much. I'm for so glad me. you were here. Eleanor, if if we didn't all have to be, you know, if we could all be in a studio together. Honestly, I would drop a little bit of popsicle on the floor for you right now. You are terrific. Oh, that would Thank make you. Me so happy. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Eleanor. <laughs> Thank y'all. I appreciate it. Coming up, more ants of the human variety. That's coming up right after this. Ants. 
Hey, it's just me, Paula Poundstone. I want to tell you about a headgum podcast I think you're going to love. Fake the Nation with Nagin Farsad, which I've done a few times now. So much fun. You may know Nagin from her TED Talk, from NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, or her book, How to Make White People Laugh. On Fake the Nation, Nagin and a rotating cast of her funniest, smartest, and most politically astute friends, people like Samantha Bee, Neil deGrasse Tyson... Paula Poundstone, Larry Wilmore, <laughs> Margaret Cho, and more. Break down the news, make you laugh, think, and deliver a gut punch to humanity. Wait, do we really want to deliver a gut punch to humanity? I thought we wanted to uplift humanity, support, <laughs> uh, protect humanity, but apparently Nagin has gone over to the dark side. I'll tell you, I, I have had so much fun doing this show. Nagin tells me that one time I role-played Naomi Osaka's publicist. I don't recall that at all, uh, but... <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to that episode and listen to it because it sounds funny. Uh, Uprox calls Fake the Nation the perfect lighthearted fit for a newsy podcast queue that needs a little levity. Meaning the news needs a little levity, <laughs> not the podcast because it is very funny. Subscribe now so you don't miss another episode of Fake the Nation airing every Thursday. Find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or, and I hate this phrase, Wherever you listen to podcasts, like none of us would figure that out. Fun fact, basically anything that melts can be made into glass, which means I can still cling to my dream of cheddar windows. We now join the weekly French Trump press conference in progress. All right, thank you, Mr. President. Tony Romo with ABC News. You have so far had 40 of your election court cases either denied or dismissed. Mr. President, why do you keep this up? That's what she said, Tony. I'm sorry, sir. Never mind. We have taken in $170 million in donations for this legal fight. But really, Tony, I can use the money for whatever I want. I would let 40 judges shit on my head for $170 million. Next question. Next question. Yes, thank you, sir. Emmett Manning again, New York Newsday. Sir, do you think Hugo Chavez had anything to do with your loss? Probably he did. He was very upset when Conrad Birdie was going to kiss his girlfriend, Kim McAfee, and he felt very strongly that a girl should have one boy, one special boy, one boy to talk with, to walk with. That is the way it should be. Maybe he sees a good-looking guy like me as a threat. Sir, sir, Hugo Chavez is a dead Venezuelan president. Oh, so when he broke up, with Kim McAfee, he really went places. Kim was holding him back. That happens. Next question. Next question.
Hey, nobodies, if there are any guests or topics uh, that you would love to hear on this show, email us at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. We welcome your feedback. And speaking of topics, let's talk ants. The humankind, inspired by Dr. Eleanor Spicer-Rice, we want to share stories about our own aunties. Paula? Oh, I, I had an Aunt D. She used to work for Ford, and it was impossible to drive anywhere with her because she insisted on slamming the car door a hundred times before we went anywhere. The truth is, she wasn't really my aunt. Um, we just called her aunt. Did you have people like that? Where your parents told yeah. you to call them aunt and uncle? Yeah. We called her aunt until she shamed the entire family by having an affair with a crash test dummy. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I had another aunt. Uh, my Aunt Linda. My Aunt Linda was a doctor's office nurse. And when we would have family dinners, um, she always brought the dessert. And when we took those wrappers off those lollipops, the smell of the cherry flavor filled the house. One year for Christmas, she she gave me a roll of crinkly paper. <laughs> that's, that's that's wonderful. That's a it's a really great yeah. heartwarming story. Um, yeah, it was a big roll. Well, well, it was a big roll of crinkly paper. I can't imagine where she got it from. Before we would have dinner, she used to weigh and measure us. That well, was my she, aunt Linda. She really she really took her work home. It sounds like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Paula, uh, I selected you, an aunt. I selected an ant story just for you because it's a it's a it relates to a movie, a part of a movie that I know you love, The World According to Garb. You'll see the connection in just in just a minute. My aunt Frida, I didn't know Aunt Frida until I was uh, 20 years old or so because she was in a feud with my mom. She was married to my uncle Arnie who wrote for you know classic sitcoms like The Honeymooners and uh uh, get smart, and he created the Carol Burnett show and all that. Anyway, Aunt Frida, uh, Uncle Arnie died before I could ever meet him. Um, Aunt Frida lived on for many, many years out here in California, and um, I would hang out with her, and she could drink me under the table. That was one of her greatest skills. Um, one day, and this was only about 15 years ago, Aunt Frida was moving from one house in Beverly Hills to another. She was looking at a new property, and uh, Paula, like a slapstick comedy, her um, she was walking with the realtor. One minute she was there, the next she disappeared. No. There was, yeah, there was a, a trap door in the kitchen of that house. They were doing some work, and they'd left it open. And oh she plummeted God. into a hole in the kitchen floor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Now, now, <laughs> I think she had to be lifted out with a crane or something. I mean, like it was like a real problem getting Aunt Frida. By the way, she was she was until the day she died, almost indestructible and indefatigable. But she couldn't get out of that hole. She got help. They got her out of that hole. And you know what she did, uh, Paula? No. She bought the house. It had been pre-disastered. Oh, yeah, I know. that. I see what you're saying about the world according to Garb. When the airplane flew into the house, he said, let's buy this house. That's exactly right. And that's why I, right? that's why I brought that story in for you. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, wow. So just fell right in a hole like that. Huh. Yeah, she just dropped out of sight. Uh, you know, I was horrified when I heard it. But now, years later, she was still able to laugh at it a few years later. So, uh Yeah, yeah. Once the Once the casts came off, she thought it was hysterical. Um, there was probably a few dark years before she was really able to laugh about it. In fact, she was sort of like, okay, more than, more than it being like, 
um, the world according to Garp, it was more like Breaking Bad because she was down in the hole laughing like Walt. Wow. You know, I wasn't there, but that's uh, yeah. entirely no, that's, possible. I heard about it. Yeah, I heard about it. So was it, she was looking for another house in Beverly Hills? Yeah, she was downscaling a little bit. Yeah. And also, you know, she was getting up in years. And when you are getting up in years with that, you don't like your houses to be quite so vertical. So she moved from a house that had a lot of stairs to a house that had almost none. Yeah. Aunt Frida was getting but- up. And so she fell down. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's uh, when you mentioned Beverly Hills, I was just thinking, I, I read a thing today um, that some plastic surgeons in Beverly Hills are doing this new thing where they're um, they're taking the skin uh, around the jowls and uh, and and like when people have double chins and they're making uh-huh. like a, a face mask with it where they can actually pull it up over the person's mouth and nose with that loose flap of skin. And um, oh, God. So it's like a, it, it's like a, a fleshy COVID mask. Yeah, yeah, it's genius because it's you know yeah it's perfectly natural. It's something they already uh-huh. had, and right. um, you know why waste the flesh? I always say. Yeah, that's what that, that's what I always said too. I got in yeah. trouble for that at one point. Yeah, um, yeah. So why Be- waste Beverly the flesh? Hills is coming back because they now that they have that procedure. And there's yeah. nobody in Beverly Hills that can resist a facial procedure. In fact, if your Aunt Frida was alive today, she'd be down in that hole having that procedure. She might. I, I, I think she was largely uh, plastic surgery free, unlike a lot of her neighbors. Aunt, Aunt Frida uh, uh, went the natural route a lot of the way. She went the natural way going down that hole. She didn't even take any oh stairs. <laughs> Yeah, the house didn't have any stairs, but it did have a drop. Um, yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's swing around to the now thoroughly disgusted Tony Anita Hall. Oh, uh, God, Tony. I can't stop thinking about it. It made my stomach turn. <laughs> yeah, the mask flap, yeah. So yeah. gross. Yeah. What do you got, Tony? <laughs> Take our minds off that. Uh, so I actually had an Aunt Linda as well. Um, she was oh. my dad's sister. Yeah. And um, when I was about five, it was April Fool's Day. And my grandpa lived with us, so her dad. And I called her and I because I thought it'd be funny to told to tell her that she had died. That he had died, that my grandpa had died, oh, that her father had geez. died. Oh, how old were you? <laughs> I was five. <laughs> okay. That's a plausible <laughs> age to think that's hilarious. Okay. So I called her and I told her that Grandpa died. And she, like, fell hysterical, crying and <laughs> sobbing. Like, she hung up the flag. I Like, she, like, it was the end of her life. And oh. I thought it was so funny. I think oh, my Grandpa my... thought it was funny, too. Did he? But, um, and then my mom wow. made her. <laughs> what? <laughs> then my mom made me call her back and tell her that he wasn't dead. And that was, that's it. And then I had Boy, to apologize your mom, profusely. Your mom could sure ruin a good joke, huh? Yeah. I know. It was so good. But, Did she um, ever forgive was, you, Tony? 
She did. And then you know what? Later on in life, she like made some comment about like my boobs in front of the whole family. So, you know. Oh. Payback's a bitch. That was embarrassing. Yeah. I got to say, though, hats off. I mean, it's a mean thing to do, but hats off to Aunt Linda for playing the long game. You know, <laughs> there, there, you, there you are five years old, and she's thinking, nah, my time will come. Yeah. And then, God knows how many years later, she says something snarky <laughs> about your boobs. God. Yeah. yeah. I think I was like 11. She drops when an she Aunt Linda it. breast comment. Oh, when you were 11? Aunt Linda. Like, I think she made the comment when I was, like, developing, which was probably, like, what, 11, 12? What was the comment, if I may ask? It was something like, oh, look. (laughs) She said something like, oh, look who has boobs now. And that was so embarrassing. Oh, I hate that word, too. Yeah. Yeah. Boobs? I don't like that word. It's their breasts. They're, they're, you know. No. Uh, You you don't know, Paula. You weren't there. She no, I'm sure boobs. of it. No, I've seen. Yeah, yeah. She didn't All say right, look so, who oh has my. breasts now. She said look who has yeah. boobs now. Okay, well, maybe that she is wasn't talking snarky. about you. Maybe you misinterpreted it in that way that sometimes preteens can when they're so sensitive. Maybe. No, she was maybe talking she, to me. <laughs> no, no, you know what? She's talking to you? <laughs> oh, was, my God. No, maybe she was talking about your grandfather. And this was... <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I, like that's what I think. He eventually died, like like two years right. later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you were only two years off. <laughs> after he died, after he was scandalized by your aunt Linda talking about his boobs. That's what happened. I can't believe I've had to sort out your family history for you, Tony. Wow. Yeah. And now we want to move on to the Simi Valley to find out about Bonnie Burns's ant tales. You know, I'm just sitting here with my stomach in knots because I don't really have a good one. My mom came from a family of like eight kids and she was like the youngest of all those kids and she really didn't get along that well with her brothers and sisters. So I had to go to my sister-in-law for a story about her aunt who was named Aunt Hindi, who was here from Poland. Aunt Hindi? Huh. Yeah, and Hindi. And I can't really do a good Polish accent when I tell this, so uh, yeah, maybe no, you'll uh, have um, to help me. Now, didn't, um, <laughs> was it on your mom's side of the family where there was an Aunt Hindenburgy? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, boy. So, so, so Bonnie, she if, could be if quite I have gaseous. This- yeah, and her okay, boy, what, what went down with her? So, uh, if I'm getting better. this right, Bonnie, you had three or four aunts, but you never really knew them. So now you're going to tell us a story about somebody else's aunt. No, I mean a, I knew with them, an but, accent you know, that you don't know. I love my mom, and my mom had the greatest heart. But like, one of her brothers married like Auntie Lala, who had been some dancer or something in Vegas. So you know, Auntie Lala. Well, there were like. Her hair was in a beehive. It was dyed, whatever. So there was like bad things said about her. Everybody had like what? something. Oh my so I God. went to my sister-in-law for Aunt Hindi. So wait a minute. So why didn't, Aunt, wait what? a minute. Why didn't you ask questions of your mother about Aunt Lala? Because, 
because you'd already had Lala was on the list because she wore like stiletto heels and she had tight skirts and big boobs. So we weren't going to like hand yeah. Lala. Yeah. She but, lived in yeah, Vegas. There's nothing, yeah, there's there's nothing interesting deal. about an aunt who's a Vegas dancer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. With a beehive hairdo. Yeah. Yeah. Move Just along. Just turn, turn yeah, the page there. Yeah. Aunt Hindi, she's fascinating. Her. Yeah, but. Yeah, I was already going to be poisoned against her. So here comes Auntie Hindi. <laughs> okay. 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 So Auntie Hindi was Polish. <laughs> and <laughs> That's always an adventure, Burns. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, and she was, I did meet her, and she was as wide as she was tall. And she got to be like, by the time she was 85 or something like that, she walked with a cane. She wasn't that mobile. And she lived in a house that there were three stairs to get up to like the front door. But it used to take her, you know, quite a while to get up the three stairs. So while she was walking up, but she did this with a Polish accent, she'd call out to her husband and she'd go, Jimmy, Jimmy, my darling, hold the dog back. Keep the dog from getting out the house. And she did it because she thought there might be people in the shrubs that would come out and attack her so that was the way she'd scare them off oh, oh so there, was there was no dog, no dog. really uh, no there was no dog oh you uh, know yeah, what that's, that story's Auntie, better I, with the detail that there was no dog no, I just yeah, I, forgot, I forgot to say it's really that a no. <laughs> in the collection uh, um, of Bonnie Burns stories that we're that we are um, hoping to pl- publish uh, before too awfully long. That that story is Auntie Hindi tells a windy. Nice. <laughs> I, I love the, the important detail being left out. You know. Yeah. Oh, and by uh, the way, he was also the president. Okay, but wait a minute. <laughs> if I had said she didn't have a dog and then told the story, wouldn't that have tipped the story? Yeah, the no. proper way to tell it, I think, would have been to to tell the story, but then without us having to ask you questions, go like, and here's the thing, she didn't have a dog. Oh, you're right. Okay. <laughs> I don't think, you know, I, I should have known. I screwed up there. I there's not I a proper way to tell this. a story. There's no such a thing as a proper way. Auntie, Auntie Hindi told a Wendy could be told in any <laughs> number of ways. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I, I I apologize on that one, Paula. <laughs> Proper way. <laughs> well, uh, I have a um, I had a I had an aunt who was quite elderly, and uh, I'll uh, I'd like to tell a story. No one asked me, but I would like to tell a story about oh, Mrs. Culpepper. Ap- I I apologize, Mrs. Culpepper. This this is. Absolutely, this is my fault, my boner here. Um, yes, please tell us a story about your aunt. Uh, oh, it was a fascinating story. Uh, she was very large, don't you know? And uh, she was coming up a small set of stairs, and uh, she called out to her husband, uh, hold the tiger, hold the tiger. Uh, and uh, <laughs> by the way... She didn't own a tiger. (laughs) Mrs. Culpepper, I feel like you did that just to show up Bonnie Burns right there. Well, it's a proper way to tell a story, and that's the proper way. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, do you know, uh-huh. Captain Culpepper used to say to me so often, he would say, you know, Mrs. Culpepper, you sure do know the proper way to tell a story. Uh, and that was something I've always <laughs> taken great pride in. <laughs> you you do tell your stories in the proper manner. Uh, I've Mrs. remained silent most of the night because my darling Tony Anita Hull was just talking crazy talk earlier in the show about going on some sort of victim cruise for for free with a royal. Caribbean victim cruise uh, is yes, a it, 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 it's, idea. it's called the it, it's called Royal Caribbean's Friends of COVID cruise. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. I, I look, it's going to be her and and Trump. It's going to be the two of them because he thinks he's immune now. You know, uh, it's a bad idea, Tony. I need a hold. Don't you do it. Well, Tony, now that you've had your advice from Mrs. Culpepper, I think I think you know exactly what to do about that cruise. I had an Aunt Bell Pepper at one time. I don't know if I told you that. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had an Aunt Bell Pepper. An Aunt Bell Pepper. That's right. And the five little bell was... peppers and how they grew. That was a book that was written about my Aunt Bell Pepper. <laughs> Wow, that's uh, that's on. I I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a little story, beautiful story. Do you want to tell a story about her, or or you did no, that enough? No, uh, that's a, you know the proper way to tell that was just the way I did it. All right, good to know. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting a little pushback on the idea that there are right and wrong ways to tell stories, but I think there are. Just like there are right and wrong ways to tell jokes. If no, you put the not at all. At the... You you get no pushback from me. I'll tell you, because Captain Culpepper used to say to me all the time, he would say, Mrs. Culpepper, you know the proper way to tell a story. And uh, so, no, I believe that you there is a proper way, Adam Felma. <laughs> there there Felms, is. If you don't mind me calling you Felms. <laughs> By the way, the word boob doesn't come into any of the stories. Of which story? <laughs> Any story. You never refer to a woman's uh, breast as boobs. That's repulsive. Well, I, I, you know, I don't disagree with you, Mrs. Culpepper, but I think I think Tony's story absolutely had to use that word because her Aunt Linda did re- use that word. That's when she was cut from the family. That's exactly right. Okay. <laughs> Tony, was that the end of your Aunt Linda's association with your family? No. <laughs> I'm sure I told it properly. That would be horrible. <laughs> Tony, I need a hole. You, she's I'll long past child. now, Mrs. Culpepper. <laughs> you so don't know what what's good for you. That's your problem, Tony. I need a hole. You don't know what's good for you. I think Miss Culpepper has a point there. But you know, Tony, what would be good for you would be if you have the time to do this right now. Um, didn't we solicit some? Ant stories from our listeners? Oh, we did. We did indeed. And we got almost 300 of them. No. What? Yes. <laughs> in, the, People, in like a two-day period? In, yeah. In, in, within hours. In hours of posting. Yeah. We wow. Got <laughs> almost 300 of them. So. Well, read us at least a couple. This is fantastic. 
So this comes from Becky Jackson. I had an aunt who would walk through fields that cattle had been in and find cow pies that she thought looked like faces. She would take them home and spray shellac on them once they dried. Then she'd mount them on a board and give them as Christmas gifts. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, my God. And yet, and yet, hey. she had no dog. <laughs> hey, hey, Gary, what's that shiny shellacked cow pie that looks vaguely like Lyndon Johnson? Oh, well, funny story behind that. Well, no, come to think of it, there isn't. That's, <laughs> that's great. What else, Johnny? Give us another. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, this is from Nancy Williams Del Campo, and I can relate to Nancy here. So, my Aunt Connie told me when I was young, quote, what the Lord has forgotten, stuff with cotton. I was obviously <laughs> lamenting my small chest size. <laughs> that's awesome, too. Oh, my God, that's great. Uh, That's so much uh, better. It's so much kinder than your Aunt Linda. Let me just point out, Tony and Nita, let me just point out that she did not use the the word boobs. It wasn't wasn't necessary in the story. She just said what the Lord has forgotten. It was. It is not. (laughs) It's not entirely not a body shaming move to do that. But it is very clever. You know, there's nothing like. You know, there's nothing like being with a, a man who gently strokes your what the Lord has forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call him in my household. Um, I will never not think that now. I've ruined so many dates for me in the future. Um, a Robin Taylor Vaughn. What the Lord has remembered, whip out in November. <laughs> All right, all right, what's the next one? Robin Taylor Vaughn. My Aunt Doris was obsessed with Lena Horne, who I believe had a restraining order against her at the time of this incident. Aunt Doris could not cook, so she talked her sister into making a pie for Lena. She then bribed a server for her uniform at a charity event that Lena was attending and brought the pie up to the stage and handed it to Lena. She then basically jumped her and was screaming that she was her soulmate as she was dragged away. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Stormy weather. Oh my gosh. That's fantastic. That is insanity on a stick. Yeah, that's um, clinical insanity right there. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I I I loved Lena Horn, but uh I yeah. would never have someone else bake a pie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tony. Uh you got another one or two? These are fantastic. I do. This is from Martha Miller Caulfelt. In her late 80s, crazy Aunt Marge needed to take a behind-the-wheel driving test to get a restricted license. These are meant to give elderly drivers permission to drive in their immediate neighborhoods, get to the bank, grocery store, etc. Margie lied and told the examiner that she was Jewish, but she wasn't, 
but she told him that she was Jewish so that she could drive to the other side of town where there was a synagogue. He approved her range, but then as they got to her house, he walked in front of the car and she nearly crushed him against the garage door. <laughs> Amazingly, he still approved her license. Wow. Wow, that is a beautiful now, story. Yeah, I'm going to say that's not properly told, but I love it. Uh. I believe it was properly told. Uh, the part she missed. Uh, agree to disagree, uh, Mrs. Colbeck. No, uh, we do. I do not agree to disagree. Uh, the uh, the only part she missed was when they pulled back up at her house. There was a nativity in the yard, and it exactly, gave... exactly, Mrs. Culpepper. And, and 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 it puzzled the uh, the the uh, the driving uh, uh, certifier. What? The driving certifier, the man from the DMV oh, the, who had the, to give her the license. The examiner. Cinephile? Certifier! Miss <laughs> Culpepper, sometimes I literally can't understand what you're saying. <laughs> the examiner, the man who was to give her the license. But but he liked, he liked movies? No, had nothing to do with movies. What are you on about? I don't know what you're talking about, Adam Felber. Well, you, call, you, you called him a cinephile. No, a certifier. Oh, a certifier. A certifier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that, that absolutely makes more sense. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, no Tony, wonder you use the word got? boobs. <laughs> I won't. I won't. What was wait? What was I the promise. other word for breast? What was what it? What the Lord what has the, forgotten. What the Lord has forgotten. Oh my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Well, that that was a great story. That what was, was the fantastic. name of the person who submitted it, Tony? Uh, Martha Miller Caulfield. Are you talking about the last story? Yes. The yeah. Story? Yes. Yeah. It was. Oh, yeah. they were all. They were all really great. Um, yeah, you know listeners, what we'll have thank to do? you so much. If yeah. we have 300 of these stories, then we're going to have to make a little section of the show uh, ant stories. And, yeah. Uh, and That's what just I think. Because I, they, those were really great. They really were. Tony, if there's more, just pull them out and save them. Oh, I will. There are plenty. Tuck, Excellent. Tuck them just inside your bra in between uh, that and what the Lord has forgotten. <laughs> Well, look who suddenly has ant stories. <laughs> look at that. Uh, Yesterday you were just a kid, but today you've got a pair of ant stories. All right, um, Paula, what's hey going Adam. on? Adam! <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, there's something important I needed to tell you. What? Which is that at my website, paulapoundstone.com, listeners... And now I'm speaking to the listeners. Listeners, you can find healing comedy videos and click on the store tab to find yourself in a wonderland of must-have Paula Poundstone fan items. Listeners can also go to cameo.com slash paulap33 to order a video postcard, which I will custom make for the recipient of your choice. 
In fact, here's a review of one I made just the other night. I was seated with a cat or two on my Lucy and Ricky bench while bedeviled by my dog, Mo. This is what the person wrote. They said, this person is astoundingly good at everything that matters. Warmth, humor, and kindness. Super quick turnaround and went out of her way to make it meaningful and touching and hilarious. Isn't that nice? Gosh, I hope I spelled hilarious, right? There's more, of course, I can tell you, (laughs) listeners. But Heidi. Heidi is the name of the person who did the review? No, Heidi. I don't know that Heidi would want you to read her name so disparagingly. No, no, no. No. Heidi is the person, when we were reading um, listener mail, that bitched that our plugs were like way too long. Wow, that is funny, and I missed it. Yeah. I'm not at all surprised. What? what? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mrs. Culpepper. All right, um, Paula, I just want to add to, to your, your uh, uh, promo, which is that this uh, whole Thursday night football Starburn simulcast thing that me and Jeff Cesario are doing is really taking off. We actually have sponsors now, and people are... Typing, typing in comments during the games. We're really loving it. So if that you'd like great. to get in on that, yeah, if you want to get in on that, people, just go on uh, Thursday night, watch your Thursday night football on Fox, and turn down the sound and turn on uh, www.starburnsports.com. That's starburnsports.com. And Jeff Cesario and I and special guests will be calling the game in an alternative fashion for you. That sounds like fun. Yeah, you can Lots see if Aaron Rodgers is going to make it to the Super Bowl. What Adam has to say about that. Aaron Rodgers making it to the Super Bowl? Well, that's one of the predictions. Yeah, well, you know, I I put I put out there the other day, we covered a Green Bay game, and Aaron Rodgers not only comes from the same place, but actually is starting to look like Paul Ryan. So it's really hard for me to root for him. You know, at one point, uh, they, a lot of uh, sports people were predicting that Mr. Rogers was going to make it to the Super Bowl. But... <laughs> and he never did. He never did. Yeah, every time, I, in fact, every he... time they tried to send him in, he was still putting on his cardigan sweater. And so he didn't play as much as one might have wanted him to. He never had the right yeah, shoes. Yeah, he only, he only did one set of downs, uh, really, in the pros. And that went something like this. It's a beautiful day. And the... ah! Ow! <laughs> Damn, that hurt. Yeah, I, um, I, yeah. I, 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 okay. Well, nothing. You know, I, I disparage <laughs> right. football. Have... I, it's people I smashing into each other, hurting each other. But I'm happy for the rest of you. You know, they're superb <laughs> athletes. Yeah. Thank you, Bonnie. Right, Bonnie. You want to talk about? Uh, you want to talk about their posteriors at all? About the what? Their their backsides. My their legs. Side? My you, you were you were kind of you were kind of <laughs> lusting after football players, and now you're pretending that that never happened. Oh no, it's not their backsides. What is it? It's oh. the whole thing. They're in incredible shape. But since you brought that up, I have to say, in my boredom, I watched Last of the Mohicans the other night, and, and you know what? What's his face? Daniel Day Lewis. He got an amazing shape for that movie. He was one hot guy. Does anybody remember oh, yeah. that? I didn't see that movie, but he he was uh, he was also in very good shape in uh, in the name of the father. Um, and um, <laughs> yes, he uh, was. you know, you know, um, 
Shelly Winters. Shelly Winters was in Last of the Mohegans. And, uh, was she? She was. No, she was. but I never could lose that weight. Once I, <laughs> once I gained it, I just could never lose it. She I, didn't have to. Shelly Winters or Amy Klobuchar? Yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah that's I not was a... very beautiful, and I roommated with Marilyn Monroe, and we had a, I just could never lose that weight. <laughs> I went to a. I went to OA, and it was a bunch of young kids complaining about their parents. You know, there's a lot of parents that complain about their kids too. It's not always the parents' fault. Boy, what a strange that was, that was a weird impression of Shelley Winters. No, Shelley Shelley Winters Shelley Winters was in Last of the Mohicans. Um, do you remember the scene where they get in the canoes? Do you remember that scene when they get into the canoes? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. She was the third so canoe close. from the left. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love I it that Bonnie actually too, but... thought Bonnie actually thought you asked her if she wanted to talk about her backside. What kind of a conversation would that be? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, my God. All right, li- listen. We are doing a special end of podcast right now for yes. the almost hearing impaired. Um, <laughs> yes. Where we just right. keep saying now, what, what, what to each other. Let's, yeah, let's just, let's just move on. Uh, hey, everybody, if you want to get in touch with us, Send us stories or songs or whatever. That's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Once again, that's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. That's our show. Uh, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam, the recently gaslit Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Dr. Eleanor Spicer Rice. And thanks to our house band, Lindsay. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, who definitely max on football players, Ken Lezevnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Mixing by Michael Hoagie, Starburns production by Land Romo. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. Stop crinkling, Bonnie! That's our show for tonight. (laughs) That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please talk about Bonnie's backside? (laughs) (laughs) The weird thing is that Bonnie wasn't outraged by it. She was just like, what? She she was perfectly... She was perfectly willing to venture in. What? Talk about my backside? Okay. We weren't. No, I meant the football player's backside. Paula, I was calling back to about three weeks ago when Bonnie was talking about the Seattle Seahawks. I know exactly what you were referring to, but Bonnie didn't seem to understand it. No, and she, she assumed I that you it. wanted her to talk about her backside, and she was perfectly comfortable with that idea. There was no outrage, there was no embarrassment. Oh my God! There was no like, shut up, Adam. There was no like, what the fuck's the matter with you? It was just talk about my backside. There we go. Because football is 
it's about so much more than their backsides. Just, okay, but that's you know what? not the, the mistake that you made. It had nothing to do with football. <laughs> Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but (laughs) you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code.